expecting Solo to do this, but alas, c'est la vie. And if you don't know what that means, it means such is life. And he had some shit come up. So I am now doing your Lilo solo adventure part two. I'm going on a voyage. It's my second voyage and you're coming with me. So unfortunately, if anyone was hoping to hear that back and forth banter, you will hear my internal monologue with my external monologue <laughs> and i'll be uh just running you through the news we got for this week so you're listening to the best goddamn podcast that you can get in the gaming industry and with that being said i want to roll straight into the hey, blow up. Right. Yeah. so i actually do have the correct sound bites now you're welcome so we're gonna do the plug walk and that's where we give you the rundown of the plugs because we got to do that right so if you're listening to me right now it's because you probably found where you can find a podcast however if you don't know and you want to tell your friends we're on every single podcasting hosting website except for title right now and that's in the works so you got spotify anchor stitcher soundcloud wherever you want to go that is the case and of course our show is aiming to be interactive. We want to interact with our audience and talk to our friends, talk to our fans, talk to everybody who has any interest in gaming. So reach out on Twitter at People Like Games, and that's where uh, Solo will be handling that account. And I'm also at Lilo PLG. So feel free to hit us up whenever you want. All right. Moving on, I'm going to give you the talk. The talk is the table of contents. We're going to give you a rundown, or I'm going to give you a rundown of what's going on this particular week in the gaming industry. So we're going to cover a quick scope, and that is the quick scope of the industry. That's what I wanted to do and show you, and not really show you, but tell you everything that happened in the gaming industry this past week. Follow that up with a little toot your own horn, and this was going to be solo spot, but Unfortunately, I have to toot Solus Horn, which is kind of annoying, and I don't really want to do that, but I got to do it, so it's whatever. That'll be cool. Uh, follow that shit up with the gaming spotlight, and I'm bringing it back. Give you a rundown of how I feel about the new Project Stream, and if you haven't heard about that, just stick around, please. We're going to wrap it up, or I'm going to wrap it up with just the rumor mill. No final lap this time because I'm just solo. I have no one really to banter with, so I'm just going to give you some rumors, or aka the rumor that's the big one out there that came out this past week and uh so yeah stick around for those four sections without further ado let's roll into the quick scope all right starting off we've got some news about the rap industry and how there are new investments coming in into esports if you haven't heard Drake and Scooter Braun have invested in 100 Thieves as the North American League Championship Series teams attract more and more funding from around the world. So these are the big name guys. Obviously, you know Drake. If you don't know Drake, listen to some music, turn on the radio. You'll probably hear him on many rap station. But yeah, Drizzy Drake has uh, forayed into the esports industry before he teamed up with Ninja. And we covered that a while back. 
They broke the streaming record on Twitch, and they actually dominated some games. He's, he's got some skills, but now he is investing some of his money into esports, and I think just kind of points out how big esports is getting. You've got big names all over the industry. We already covered the NHL is investing in esports. We already covered the NFL is investing in esports. We've already covered the MLB is investing in esports. Uh, now, rappers are getting in, high-profile professionals and high-profile celebrities are all getting into this this industry that we know and love. And yeah, we're just waiting for uh, Jay-Z to come sponsor us too, the way Drake is sponsoring 100 Thieves. So, Jay-Z, yeah, check it out. People like games. We are the new brand that you want. 100 Thieves is a brand, started out as a brand, became an esports industry, esports team competing in League of Legends, Fortnite, and Clash Royale. But don't worry, people like games is going to be its own thing. So check that out. All right, let's forward this over to another esports league that we gave you some updates on this past episode on episode 54. It relates to the Overwatch League. So if you listened to me last week, I told you how the Overwatch League was expanding and they added eight new teams. Well, one of the teams that they added, the city of Atlanta, has just revealed their team name and it will be called the Atlanta Reign. They will be red and black, and they are, I guess, yeah, I mean, they're the, sorry, they're the Atlanta Rain, and their logo is a phoenix and a crown. Um, it's interesting that this league is going about this very iteratively, and every team has its own reveal, per se, but I think it's because esports in general have been seeing popularity for watch parties, and like people have been excited about reveals. So, the same way trailers prep people for the movie and sort of get hype. Esports are doing the same way on Twitter, leaving little hints about, oh, in two days we're going to do this, we're going to reveal this, in three days or in next week, whatever. You know, give people a heads up of what's coming so that there's watch parties per se, and that's exactly what the uh, the Atlanta Rain had done. And they had teased this about a week ago about what they were going to uh, release. They're going to be like, oh, our team name and logo is coming out soon. Don't worry. Check it out. Now that shit came out. Atlanta Rain, next up, is going to be the city of Toronto, and that should be coming out this week. So be sure to stake out Twitter if you have any interest in Overwatch. All these games will be coming out, obviously, and the league, like we said last episode, or rather the the series starts up next February. But be sure to stick around to see what these new cities are and what their names are. And other Overwatch news that is definitely, definitely very exciting. And I know Sol had so much to say about this, and I'm so sorry that he couldn't. I'll do my best to uh, excite the people. The new developer update just came out, and Jeff Kaplan revealed some huge news that we have been talking about on the show that we wanted for the Overwatch series in general, and we thought it would be huge. They just announced that they're going to do a beta of in-game spectating for Overwatch, essentially Overwatch TV. They allow demos and replays, and you can do this all for the Overwatch World Cup. So if you've ever done a demo of a Halo game or anything like that, um, not a demo, what the fuck, what am I talking about? If you ever use Forge in Halo, it's a similar premise, and you can watch replays, you can create maps and do all that stuff, but Overwatch is allowing you to take the camera and have a free moving camera in the Overwatch World Cup as a beta 
That way you can follow whoever you want. You could follow the specific individual you want. You could also just go freeform and go around sort of the same way you could if you died in Counter-Strike as well. It's an awesome feature. It's a great idea. The same idea is going to be applied to your own personal games. They want to be able to free. They want to be able to have you do this in your replays. And um, I guess that's very cool. Long and short of it is that it's only in beta form right now, and obviously it's only going to be on PC. So you can still watch the matches normally on any of the streaming websites that they're going to be hosting the matches on. However, if you wanted to be interactive and actually utilize this new feature that they're trying to beta test, essentially, you're going to have to do it on PC and you're going to have to download a special version of Overwatch. So there's a little caveats. However, their goal is to use this beta test to roll it out to everyone across Overwatch everywhere so that there can be so many people enjoying a sport the way they want to enjoy a sport. Too many times I think we as fans have to watch a sport and the angles and the scenes that people force us to. And when I say people, I mean the news, um, that Jesus. So help me out here. Uh, just ESPN or whatever. They have certain cuts they have to do and commercials and whatnot. Now you can do whatever the fuck you want and watch the match exactly how you want. Full customiz customization of your own viewing experience, which I think is fucking insane. So that's pretty cool. All right, moving on from there and in a little different light, I want to highlight that in the console industry, we've been getting a lot of retro consoles, a lot of retro consoles, you know, a resurgence of them and a resurgence in the industry to try and bring people's attention back to where it all started. Well, with that in mind, a new challenger has appeared and this new challenger comes by the name of Amico. If you haven't heard of what Amico is, they're uh, an old school video game console that uh, is being created by Intellivision. And if you don't know what Intellivision is, I didn't, I'll be honest, I'm full disclosure. I had no idea what the fuck it was. Old school company that uh, hosted video games and had their own console way back in the day. So it started in 1979 and went to 1989, insane. So they've modernized their retro console and they're releasing it actually sometime later this year. I mean, I mean, the console itself debuted this past month on October 10th. However, uh, I'm not sure if the full console is for sale, though. There is the price point. The price point is going to be 149 to 179, somewhere in that range. All the games are rated E for everyone or E10 plus, and they're advertising this retro console as a family console. It comes with two controllers and rumble features, microphones, mini screens on them, and uh, a physical dial. It's like, um, imagine a circle the same way the Steam controller looks, right? And you can go up, down, left, right on that thing. I think it's a touchpad as well, but it's gonna host all these retro games. And uh, if you've ever heard of Burger Time, Moon Patrol, or Kung Fu Master, those are some of the few titles that they're gonna be offering. All the titles will be priced at $3 or $8, and uh, you'll be able <laughs> to experience retro gaming just like you would at Sega or for Atari, or even with Nintendo and the Super Nintendo thing they just released on uh, Nintendo Direct, so. Guess what? New challengers appeared. If you never heard of it, me neither. But if you have, good for you. And uh, you'll be able to 
experiences with your family. That's what we're trying to do. Alright. Let's roll over to another topic that involves a lot of... Oh, yeah. So this is a lot of coin and it's just something that is uh, actually insane if you talk about money. We were thinking about, Sol and I were thinking about how the industry has grown and sort of what services are being provided and how the gaming industry has changed over time. You know, you used to be able to buy a game and have it and maybe download DLC and whatever, but now there's more of a games as service. Games as service is like you pay to play, you pay for certain things, you pay for energy, whatever the case is. Like there's just online retail, you can buy things for games. Well, if you want numbers as to why this is going to be the future here are the fucking numbers so a new report that shows statistics for electronic arts ea and activision or activision and blizzard have shown that these two companies have grown by almost 80 billion dollars since they started this game is service idea so this is coming from the business of video games published by the dfc in intelligence and was covered by Game Daily. Since 2012, EA and its value has risen from 4 billion to 33 billion in five years. Think about that. Gained almost $30 billion in five years. And most of it can be contributed to, rather attributed to its new games of service, games as a service model. If you want to hear some even crazier numbers, Activision and Blizzard has seen its market value soar from $10 billion to over $60 billion in the same fucking period. So what's insane is that like, I don't know. I'm thinking of how Overwatch definitely helped those numbers and so did Destiny because Destiny was just so widely revered when it first came out. Like I understand that. Um, it should also be noted that this includes the purchase of the company King. And if you don't know who King is, it's the developer and publisher of the Candy Crush Saga, which brings in stupid amount of money. And we covered that before too. But all of these different groups and all these changes in the past five or so years have led to an explosion of profits for these companies. And if you're looking at why they're gonna stay and why that's gonna be the future of gaming, well, this is exactly it. The companies are making money the consumers are clearly showing that they want to pay for these things. And as a result, they're not gonna change anything. We're, we're gonna be stuck with this. Um, for more statistics for you, or some more statistics for you include the fact that um, during the same period from 2012 to 2018, I guess now, EA has generated, oh, sorry, sorry. Just, just, just in 2018. EA has generated $2 billion from its live service games alone. So that's only 10 months in. And the digital revenue of the company rose by 31%, while the physical game sales actually dropped 17%. Showing physical games people care less about. It's digital, it's all streaming, it's all coming online, it's all that, blah, 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 blah. It's insane. Just want to give you some numbers and show you all that. Motherfucking coin is going to EA Activision, just the gaming sphere in general, and the games of service model. And um, yeah, we're fucked. We're fucked. It's going to be uh, stuck like that because as long as they keep making money, we're going to be screwed.
if you want to look at how the gaming industry is continuing to change, let's roll over to another money, money, money based topic. And that is the fact that a betting platform has now nabbed a license for cryptocurrency gambling on esports. And this betting platform is Unicorn. So Unicorn recently have has had its crypto gambling license approved by the Isle of Man. And that actually happened on 10-23. And this is reported by Venture Beat. But Unicorn was previously licensed to only provide real-time money betting on esports in the UK and Australia, but now the company can handle crypto gambling in 20 regions through its in-house currency, which is called the Unicoin Gold Token, or traditional currencies like the US dollar. Um, Unicorn is going to be using this to expand gambling across all of esports, and the idea is that they can now allow betting on themselves in tournaments and it's all on skill-based esports and stuff like that so expect to see this coming uh they are pushing to try to get esports betting make esports betting really a staple in las vegas and that's one of their next steps but this all relates to like this affects america really because if you don't remember, Solo went on a big rant about how the United States Supreme Court allowed state-by-state -state legislation instead of uh, national legislation on gambling, which meant each state could determine whether or not they wanted gambling and whatnot, and yada, yada, yada. So there's more to that story, except now that one company has allowed cryptocurrency for gambling, we're going to see an explosion probably across the U.S. of crypto gambling. And it's all going to be related to esports, which is insane. Or not just esports, really. All sports, but, you know, kind of crazy. All right. This relates in no way to our next story. However, I got to roll it in some way, and I just did. I want to give you some updates on some games that you may or may not care about. If you remember us speaking about a game called Days Gone... You can go back to episode 26, or sorry, episode 24, or episode 36. We spoke at length about Days Gone and its comparisons. If you don't remember, it is a dystopian futuristic game, and it is dystopian zombies. It kind of gives you the same uh, World War Z vibe, a little bit of, uh, oh my god. What else? What else is there? Not Left 4 Dead per se, but it literally looks like The Walking Dead. It looks like they made The Walking Dead, but it's even cooler than that. So long and short of it, this zombie thriller was scheduled to release in February of next year, 2019. But instead, they decided to push back to April, uh, specifically April 26th. And they did that and they noted on their blog that they did that because they wanted to avoid the anticipation of Metro Exodus and Bioware's new game that we covered called Anthem. I think it's interesting we want to cover this because <laughs> PlayStation and Ben Studio have essentially admitted that they wanted to move it because they wanted better sales, if that makes sense. So if you read between the lines, there's always going to be competition. The same way games right now are they avoided Red Dead and how Red Dead is coming out this Friday relates to our next topic. But uh, 
games and the game industries and their publishers understand that you have to hit the market at the right time and you cannot do that if there is an equally hyped game coming out, you're obviously going to lose sales and then you'll be lost in the dust because almost every quarter, at least one big name game is going to be released and then people are going to always move and migrate from one game to another. So PlayStation and Ben Studio probably making a smart fiscal decision by delaying it a little bit. Plus, as we cover in a couple book reviews and all that shit, you understand that the gaming industry is all about the grind and the 100 plus hour weeks towards the end because they're just trying to meet deadlines and no game ships perfect. So this gives them two more months to try to put final touches on Days Gone that they wouldn't have had earlier. So all in all, probably a victory for them. I'm looking forward to seeing what this game is all about. But, you know, the other game that I'm definitely super excited about and that has everybody in the industry anticipating records being broken uh, is the next game by Rockstar. Do you know what it is? I know what it is. Because um, if you don't know what it is, you're I right. say you're lying, scumbag. There you go. Yeah, I think you're lying if you don't know what the next game that Rockstar is releasing is. It's coming out this Friday. It is Red Dead Redemption 2, motherfucker. Yeah, so Red Dead Redemption 2 is coming out. And we got some more insights into the game. I'm just trying to hype it up. I know you probably, anyone listening who is a fan of Rockstar and Red Dead has probably already know everything about it the same way I did. But I still need to let you know that they're still now releasing articles and blogs about how much they changed the game and how exciting it is and how there's new physics engines and how they utilize the newest hardware in the consoles to make the game the best they fucking could. This all sounds very generic in general, but they're really highly touting their advanced quote unquote AI and their physics to create a very realistic running game on these next gen consoles that they couldn't. So Red Dead was originally released in 2010 and it was released on PS3 and Xbox. 360 so you know the jump between ps3 and ps4 and then xbox 360 and xbox one so imagine the jump in the quality of this game some of the things that you can do in this game include interactions with your environment but the actual ai you're going to be talking to those npcs will react to the different states that you're currently in so if you're inebriated because you can get drunk in this game um, they'll react a certain way. If you're muddy, they're going to react a certain way. If if you're clean or if you're aggressive or not aggressive because you can choose to be aggressive or, or nice in any given uh, social situation, then they will react accordingly. They made this game so fucking realistic that I'm terrified of how many hours I'm going to put into it really is what it, what it comes down to. Um, the long and short of the article that we got off VG247 is that they've spent an inordinate amount of time and amount of man hours to program and help the AI learn all these different interactions and all these different combinations of events. And like the way I think about it is um, you take a deck of cards and if you use the deck of cards and you try to play poker, there's so many different random number of combinations that you could do. Like it's, it's insane. If you take a deck of cards and you shuffle it, since the deck of cards has been invented, there's no possible way that you have shuffled the deck the same way 
or everybody in the world has ever shuffled every shuffle that is possible in a deck because of how many different combinations of the order of cards can be in. That same scenario, that same idea goes to video games and how they're trying to make sure that you can have all these interlinked reactions to events and they play out in different ways. And this is just one of the ideas and this is one of the ways that really Rockstar goes above and beyond because they try to introduce that level of detail and they make every player's experience with the game unique because of how many interactions and how many different combinations of interactions and how many different things you can do. And it's just, it's just insane. It's incredible. Super excited. Uh, I didn't even talk about the physics yet, but naturally as all the engines have improved over time and you've taken five years or sorry, eight years since the last game, you can imagine that the physics engines have improved and uh, yeah, it's going to be fucking sweet. So, Something else that I'm going to wrap up Quickscope with that is also fucking sweet is some statistics that came out about the inclusivity about gaming and how exciting gaming can be, especially for girls. Uh, why am I bringing this up? Oh, what the hell am I talking about? Well, a study came out according to the University of Surrey that shows that girls who play video games are more likely quote unquote, three times more likely in their study to pursue degrees in STEM than girls who weren't. And I thought that was a really, really interesting statistic and really, really awesome. And so it shows that there's a direct link with gaming and the science, technology, engineering, and math. That's what STEM is, by the way. Uh, those different sectors of education. And for a long time, you know, I'm in the STEM field as well. For a long time, there's been this discussion about how to encourage women to pursue STEM uh, professions and how stereotypically they pursued other things like teaching and um, literature and artwork and all that stuff. But you didn't see a lot of women in the science, technology, engineering and math fields. And <laughs> this is a uh, this can change and shows that there is a link if you introduce girls to gaming early and they're enjoying it and they're, they're involved. And I mean, don't get me wrong. Every person is different and it's up to the girl if they do want a game or not. But I know in my household, I'm going to want to encourage any sibling or sorry, any, not any sibling, any child of mine to uh, play games because I think it's a fun outlet. It's creative. It encourages problem solving and all those critical thinking skills that you, you need in life, really. And you can get that from gaming. So the other statistic that was very interesting from the study is that 100% of the girls that they used in the study who are already in STEM fields were identified as gamers. So they just identified girls in general and saw who were in STEM and then related back to gaming. But what's interesting is that every single girl that was utilized in the study who was already in a STEM field or had a STEM degree identified themselves as gamers as well and that was insane so it's like a hundred percent linkage but then the reverse is not true i don't know craziness very exciting i think there should be more girl gamers i think gaming is one of those few um hobbies that you could do that is unisex it doesn't really matter who you are everyone can enjoy it old young rich poor i mean Girl, guy, doesn't really matter. Gaming should be inclusive. It is inclusive. Um, you know, we have problems with toxicity and problems with the 
anonymity that we are are, are allowed to have really but uh, yeah very excited to see girls in gaming and very excited to see girls pursue stem degrees and it's just cool that there have been studies proving this or associating them together very cool very cool all right that is the end of the quick scope so we are going to move on to yeah that's the best i can do sorry solo i know you're gonna listen to this and you're like what the fuck was that but uh that is my toot your own horn noise because i don't have a toot your own horn 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 noise i can't even speak right now but there's no toot your own horn noise and you know I'm just gonna play the discovery sound because you discovered this, but not really, because we both agreed on it, but whatever the case is. All right. So this next article relates to Nintendo Labo and is something that we brought up all the way back in episode 33. In 33, we actually made our final lap all about Nintendo Labo because it just came out in April and we were, Pumped to see the future. If I'm going to toot my own horn, I was the first one to mention that it was going to be in classrooms, but Solo and I had talked beforehand and he was the first one to show me the article and say that he thought it would be a great educational tool. So I'll give him that. Um, the long and short of it is that Nintendo Labo has officially been associated with schools and it Nintendo has partnered with the nonprofit institute called Institute of Play to bring Nintendo Labo to 100 different classrooms to the US throughout the school year. It's gonna target students in grades two to four, and they will be allowed to build various Labo projects in small teams, focusing on building concepts that involve STEAM. So it's science, technology, engineering, arts, and math. It's not just STEM, but it's STEAM. You know, they add extra letters everywhere. Uh, communication, creativity, critical thinking, and of course, problem solving. Any teacher or administrator can apply to join the program through the Institute of Play's website, and those classrooms that were selected will receive guidance from Nintendo and the Institute, including a companion teacher, oh, sorry, including a companion teacher guide developed by professional curriculum creators that will be made free for anybody who wants to read it and use it in their own classrooms later this year. The Institute is apparently trying to select a different diverse diversity of schools select them all around the country and yeah we said it literally when we covered this day one when labo was first released the level of ingenuity that went into the designing of this game is insane and although it didn't sell as much as we expected and it wasn't you know as well received probably because of the price um the what is it what is it what is it the groundwork is there to use it as an educational tool like the the backbone is there different things including you know i just remember specifically the garage mode allows students to create their own code and create their own instruments and create their own sounds and just allows kids so much customization and creativity and it's just a great tool that can really jumpstart a kid's imagination and of what's possible. So I'm super excited and super happy that Nintendo has decided to push Labo into schools 
as partnering with people that are ensuring that it can be part of curriculum. And I know there's going to be studies coming out of this and there's going to be insight into how kids react to this type of environment. And hopefully we can see those kids blossom in the future and pursue something related to STEAM, which is again, science, technology, engineering, arts, and math. Very, very cool. Happy for Solo. He, uh, you know, he's epic and he's legendary. Ugh, I'm doing that so reluctantly, but I'm I'm happy that he was the first one to say this in our little group. Granted, we both knew that it was going to go into schools because it was designed for kids, but whatever the case. All right, whatever. I get it. Um, yeah. Good deal on Nintendo and making some smart moves. Hopefully there'll be more coverage about it in the future. All right. We just finished up our little tooting your own horn. And now we're going to the game spotlight. Yes. So this is my segment and I normally cover a game, an indie game at length and trying to give you who, what, when, where, why. However, this time around, I just want to give you a quick rundown of my experience with Project Steam and more specifically, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. So if you don't remember a few episodes back, I think it was episode 53, um, Solo and I covered Project Steam and Solo in his foresight decided to apply for the beta and he accepted it. He got it. It was awesome. Uh, I was super happy for him. However, dude doesn't have time to play. So naturally he goes to the gamer he knows, which is myself, and he gave me the code. So I was the one fortunate enough in the team to experience Project Steam. I'm so stupid. Project Stream. Oh my goodness. I am so sorry to everyone who's listening. But yes, I was the lucky one to experience Project Stream in all its glory. And I played, I don't even know how long I played in the game, probably several hours, but I got to run around in Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I am the female character. And the long and short of it is that streaming is viable. It's real, it's insane. I think the few remarks that I do have about the experience is that naturally, anything you're gonna stream is going to be less graphically refined. That is just the nature of the the business. And it all depends on the connection of the internet you have. Netflix allows you to stream HD if you have a really, really good internet. You know, at least 200 megabits per second plus. And that allows you to stream maybe 4K HD. But I do have internet like that, except Project Stream is only in its beta phase. And when I was streaming, it seemed like it was only at 1080p quality, if not 720p quality. It looked a little grainy, looked, the colors looked a little washed out. And I think that's just the nature of streaming right now. I mean, Google, I'm sure, is going to refine and improve the algorithms. Get over that data. It was great. Whatever. It looked great. I could obviously see everything. Great. Next point, no discernible lag I can see. One of the few things I was afraid of is just anytime you're using the internet, there's always delay between whatever you're talking to and coming back to your computer. So you essentially got to ping back and forth, right? And if I'm trying to talk to someone over on the East Coast, there's gonna be a much longer delay because there is a physical distance that the signal has to travel. Well, when I'm playing this game, I did not experience a disconnect with my controller movements and the reactions I saw on the screen, at least not 
not enough to affect my single player adventure. If I was playing multiplayer, maybe, you know, I could see that uh, some things might have not happened exactly when I clicked on the button, which is what you expect whenever you're playing a first person shooter, say over the internet. But overall, I'd say very seamless, very, very good. I mean, no discernible lag unless my virtual private network was on VPN. Um, don't don't play the game with the VPN on. It's just so slow. So yeah, don't do that. But other than that, no real jitters. I mean, every now and then maybe something because, you know, internet in apartment buildings is pretty janky, but not bad. Um, I will say the, the coolest thing by far is just how intuitive and easy it is to load the game. You go to projectstream.com, you log in, you click OK, it tests your internet, and then you start the game right away. There is nothing else. There's no other hoops to jump through. There is nothing else you need to log into. There's nothing you need to download. I literally logged in, pressed play, and it popped up. I was able to plug in my Xbox controller into my computer, and it recognized that I had a controller immediately and allowed me to use my Xbox controller seamlessly. And it's the same controls as if I was playing on Xbox. So amazing, so seamless simple, intuitive to any gamer, just, it's amazing. That's a great, great way to encourage gamers, or rather to promote the future of this endeavor by showing people in the beginning how easy and simple it is to just hop right in. And that's that's what it ended up being. So, wow, I'm, uh, I'm impressed. I'm not gonna lie, I am, I'm pretty impressed. Like Google is doing some good shit. If anything, they're living their thug life. And eventually this shit is gonna get them a whole bunch of coin. A whole bunch of coin. Because yeah, this is probably gonna be the future. I know Sol and I debated this and we talked about this in the final lap, but this will probably be the standard for the majority who have internet in the future. But I do still think that a switch and that type of console is viable because you can take your single player games on the go in places where you will not have internet access. And that's, that's one thing that obviously streaming will never be able to touch unless we have World Wide web literally everywhere, but you know, that'll come in the future. So, that is gonna wrap up my quip scope. And we are at the final stretch. I'm gonna play this just so you know. Yes, that is the sound cue for the final app, but in this situation, we're gonna be using it for our final rumor mill. So you know we're at the end and you'll, you can uh, stop hearing me ramble. But in this rumor, we're gonna cover a game coming out, the next biggest game coming out from Nintendo this year, and that is Super Smash Brothers. Hell yeah. So earlier this week, there was a leak or an alleged leak about Super Smash. Okay. And it appeared online on Wednesday, the 24th. There was a Snapchat released by some unknown French person apparently, and uh, it was on his Snapchat, and then it got deleted, but of course, just like everything else on the internet, 
someone caught the image and saved it and then it got posted to imager and then it just kind of went everywhere so moral of the story don't send nudes kids just don't do it because someone's gonna have them somewhere and it could ruin your future so back to topic at hand this snapchat revealed the cover art that is on the smash box itself and when you zoom in on cover art and you actually identify what's going on it reveals extra motherfucking characters so it reveals a whole bunch of new people that you weren't expecting and uh let's let's dive into that where is this they can be seen blah blah blah, blah. i had this out and I, I feel really bad that um unfortunately i can't remember but long story short investigation was done into this leak there's seven new characters revealed apparently and if each new character which is the standard in in uh super smash if each new character has its own level then it brings the total of levels up to 108. So there's gonna be, might be 108 unique levels, uh, what is it, 78 different characters, or something like that. And yeah, the game is coming out November 2nd. Oh, sorry, sorry, not the game. Um, <laughs> the game is coming out December 7th. But if you go online, you could probably see the full roster because it's released everywhere now and nintendo's trying to do some some work trying to cover their tracks but i think in this situation everyone already knows nintendo no more surprises um, one of the names that was revealed that was cool to me was banjo kazooie so you might be able to play as banjo kazooie and that's kind of ridiculous to me but hey so it goes nintendo it's hard to keep things secret in the age of the digital realm Lo siento, senor. And uh, that's about it. That's that's the that's the wrap. That is the end of the rumor mill, and that is the end of Lilo's solo adventure and his second voyage. I know, I know that was hard for you. Thank you very much for listening to me. But before I go, I got some more plugs. Guess what? Coming up next week, we just want to let you know that we are actually doing the review book review has been on the docket for a while and we yes may have pushed it back a couple times but who's keeping track it's fine so we'll be doing console wars and you'll get a full scoop of how we feel about that coming next week and then you'll also probably be getting quick scope and other things like that even still uh, be on the lookout our next couple episodes we're going to be refining, changing some sections around, and uh, bringing you that great content you love to hear. And yeah, be sure to reach out to us on Twitter or on our PLG subreddit. It's actually people like games subreddit, but yeah. Roll over there. We have some content, some updated questions, comments, concerns. Anything you want to list, really just go for it, but you know, Feel free to answer our questions on there. Give us your opinions. We'd love to hear you. And uh, yeah, that's all I got for you. So again, thank you very much for listening and look forward to seeing all your stuff online. Stay classy. See you next week.